Hi, my name is Lynn McTaggart. Welcome to my podcast, Living the New Science. In these podcasts, I'm covering some extraordinary discoveries by frontier scientists and other new thought leaders, and why this changes everything we think about how our world works and also how we should live our lives. Today, I have a very special guest in my own husband, Brian Hubbard. Brian's an award-winning journalist with two degrees in philosophy and journalism. He's held a variety of editorships at the Financial Times and EMAP. He's an entrepreneur who set up multiple businesses, the publisher and co-editor of our magazine, What Doctors Don't Tell You, which is published in 15 languages and co-founder of our exhibition company, Get Well. But what we're talking about today concerns his newer work, his groundbreaking book, The Untrue Story of You, which is all about his revolutionary timeline method, the radical new therapy he developed to help you heal trauma and pain. Timelight is now being used by a team of European therapists and psychiatrists to heal such problems as depression and anxiety. His techniques are perfect for healing past incidents that hold you back from living the life of your dreams. As we discovered when we started working together in retreats, the timeline model dovetails perfectly with my work on intention, specifically retro intention, using intention to heal past pain and trauma. Today, we're doing a deep dive into the new energy tools and techniques we've discovered to be most effective in breaking free from past pain and self-sabotage. Brian, hello and welcome. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian Hubbard. And I'm Lynn McTaggart. And we're going to talk to you today about breaking free from the past that sabotages your present. We're here to tell you some amazing things about how you can break free. So we, we've made quite a few breakthroughs. I mean, we did, a, we did a workshop in Broughton, which is where we're holding again this year, last September. And since then, we've made quite a few breakthroughs in the work. And we're really excited to share some of those discoveries with you today. And um, I think it sort of breaks down into two component parts, healing and past. So should I deal with the should I deal with the past bit first, and maybe you just start talking about the healing? Sure. Okay. I mean, but we may want to also talk about time and why yeah. it is possible to well, heal. Well, that comes out of past. So we'll, we'll be do we'll, past. we'll, we'll do, be talking we'll about. We're well rehearsed here. Okay. So the past. I think everyone thinks about things that have happened to them are in the past. You know, that's bygones be bygones, water under the bridge, and all the rest of it. And I think that's how most of us think about things that have happened to us 10, 15, 20 more years ago. And the timeline theory, which I've developed, says, well, no, that isn't true. That, in fact, whatever happened to you 30 years ago, whenever it was, is happening to you now. It's a live, living thing inside you today that is um, dealing with it. So actually, in a way, shaping your current shaping your presence, shaping the you that presents to the world and indeed the world around you. And that's because time itself, uh, we've discovered, isn't a dimension at all. It's actually an energy. 
And time begins when there is some bad experience that splits you from the world. People call it trauma. And of course, trauma is part of it. But it, it you know, but I think we when we use the term trauma, Lynn, I think we think about war zones and horrendous things happening. And for many people, none of that happened to them at all. Most would say, well, we had quite a happy childhood. Nonetheless, things did happen to you. And indeed, sort of uh, researchers have looked at 17 different what they call adverse childhood experiences. And some of them are quite slight things, but nonetheless, they begin the process that it, there's is time that changes you, that creates the start of psychological time. So time is very present, if you pardon the, the expression. It's, it's a very, so what has happened to you is a very live, real thing happening to you today. But don't despair because the whole point of the therapy, my therapy, Lynn's work, is to get rid of this, to heal you from that, Lynn. Yes, and when we're talking about the past, the most important thing to understand, as Brian said, it's living here with you today. And that's because, believe it or not, there is no such thing as time. When you talk to any good uh, quantum physicist, Carlo Rovelli, the famous Italian physicist, essentially said there's no such thing as time and no physicist believes there is what we think of as sequential time. That is an, the idea of a past, a present, and a future. And so there's no place that we can discover time, but there's also no place in us that we can discover time. There's no place in the brain that is there that recognizes time, essentially. And the interesting thing about it is that people who have problems with their memory in their past also have difficulty imagining a future. When people have depression, they have difficulty imagining anything is ever going to get better. They have difficulties with time. That sounds like bad news, but the great news is, as we've discovered, you can transcend your own sense of time. And it's not just theoretical in physics, We've also seen it in many, many studies of consciousness research. What we've discovered is that, um, that when people have done studies, looking at the power of intention and trying to do it outside of time, they've found that it works just as well. All of that great work on random event generators in Princeton University discovered that when people were sat in front of a computer and trying to influence it to go a certain way, as they did over hundreds of thousands of studies with these random event generators, it worked just as well if they were doing their intention two weeks after the machine had run. They found that when people were doing remote viewing, also by Princeton, and having two people, one is the person in the room, the remote viewer, and the other one is the traveling partner. And the remote viewer would have to draw and describe where his traveling partner had gone to without knowing what the destination was. Well, that was the ordinary studies. But what we also discovered was that when 
the remote viewer was asked to draw and describe where his partner was going before he even chose the envelope, it worked just as well. So there's many, many studies showing that time is elastic. And the great news about that, as I say, is it means you can use techniques as we've discovered to transcend time and to go back and heal the past. Yeah, I mean, I think that just, I just want to take you a step back and look at psychiatry itself, um, because there's some really interesting things coming out of that right now, which I just want to share with you for a minute. I mean, the, psychiatry right now is, is, is in a dead end. It's, um, it's, it's ways of treating anything from depression, uh, bipolar, etc., have become very drug dependent. And the drug industry itself is stepping away from psychiatry. It doesn't find it's getting the results it wants and there are easy ways to make money. So they've hit a bit of a dead end and there's been more research into this more recently saying, well, what else can we do? And there's a very interesting guy at King's College in London who uh, called uh, Avshalom Caspi. Now he said, you know, we always think of these things where it's bipolar, schizophrenia, anxiety, psychosis, et cetera, et cetera, as being different problems. And that's been encouraged by the drugs industry, which has developed different drugs for these conditions. But he said, Casper said, well, looking at it another way, maybe that it's all a spectrum disorder. In other words, Maybe bipolar or schizophrenia may be at one end of that spectrum, but then at the other end, it could be sort of mild things that we every day suffer from, or maybe you know where we find it difficult to apply for a job, or we don't feel confident, or whatever it might be, all the stresses and strains of everyday life of being a human being. So supposing it was actually a spectrum disorder, that in fact, the fact that you're not very confident going for a job is only a matter of degree from bipolar. Now, if that is the case, and I think it's a really strong case for suggesting this, then what is the common feature? What is the common factor that links all these together? My suggestion is that it is time. It is this psychological time, the creation of time that brings all these things to together. Now, so what determines whether you would have bipolar as against just being a little bit not very confident in your job. Well, I think it's down to the degree of the trauma, how badly the, the split between you and the world was created at that moment will determine the extent of the disorder. Because it's all a disorder. Whether if you can't apply for a job, it's still a disorder and it needs sorting out. Now, is it, shall we start talking a little bit about some of the therapies and ideas as well? Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. okay, so if psychological time is a real thing that is making things that have happened to you in the past very present in you today, even if you're not conscious of it, and that's the issue, probably you're not conscious of the fact that these stresses from years and years ago are affecting you now. I mean, I'll just sidestep that for a minute, your body certainly does know. Because again, there's enormous research into these adverse childhood experiences I mentioned. I, I said there are 17 of them. And someone who experienced six of them as a child 
is four times more likely to die prematurely, three times more likely to suffer from chronic health problems, and so on and so forth. And uh, researchers have said that actually these adverse childhood experiences are a major factor for determining chronic disease. So I think I just want to say that as an aside, but now we're looking at, well, what do we do about this? Because we must do something about this. There is an urgency to this situation, right? Well, we can't solve it using the same tool set and the same mindset that created the problem. And that is the basic problem of modern therapy. And there's nothing wrong with modern therapy. And I know it's helped many, many thousands of people. But in, in most cases, it modifies behavior. And what we want to do is achieve a complete transformation. And that is not possible by starting from where the problem is. So, for example, if you have, let's say, anger problems, and you want to be rid of those anger problems because it's messing up your life, your relationships, et cetera, et cetera, perhaps you go and see a, an anger specialist. And they sort of suggest things that you could do, and that's great. But where has that impetus come from? Well, it's come from the anger itself. So it's a further line on from anger rather than saying, well, we need to do something different. And Timelight says that the only therapy that is going to work is the therapy that is outside time. Because there is an element of you that is outside time. So that's what we have to harness and use to work on that which is in time, rather than using the continuation of time, if that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> write it down, think about it afterwards. But that's, that's what we're talking about. So what we've done is develop a whole series of therapies, exercises, which are outside of time to sort out time itself and the problems it presents. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've been working on for a number of years is doing intention outside of time with a group. What I discovered, not only in the research that many of these consciousness researchers had done, but also in my own work, was that intention worked just as well. Whether you were focusing on something that was a current issue or an issue that had occurred 50 years ago. And so a lot of our work, and this is some of the work that we uh, use at our retreat at Broughton, our Heal Your Past retreat, is using retro intention. Now, retro intention is quite amazing because we don't go back and imagine we're changing something that occurred. What we are changing is the energy around your response to what happened because what happens most of the time when people have a trauma, and when we talk about a trauma, Brian call, you know, says 17 adverse childhood events. Well, I call it time-heavy experience. Time-heavy experiences. Anything that takes you away from time, as he says, and, and, and that moment of unity uh, can be anything from a teacher who belittled you to something horrific like rape. So there's anything in between. Psychiatrists and psychologists now lump all of this into trauma, but we're talking about things that were time-heavy experiences. 
and changing the energy around them, changing your response, taking back your power through intention is extraordinarily powerful. I'll give you an example of one of the people in an audience of mine that had done this for the first time. She had developed vitiligo, meaning she was losing pigmentation as a result of an infection she had got in her teens. And so we, we asked her to go back to that time and change her response to it. So she did. And literally in the audience, she talked to us about how and showed us how her skin was repigmenting right then and there. A few minutes after doing this procedure, it was that extraordinary. Now, we've also seen responses to people who have had all kinds of difficulties, parents who didn't love them, parents who um, had been traumatized themselves. I had one woman, Annette, whose mother had her when she was 19. She was overwhelmed by the experience and Annette grew up feeling her mother didn't love her. So when we did some retro intention work with her, going back to her as a small child and changing her own energy around it, the entire relationship between mother and daughter changed. Yeah. It's that quick. Yeah. And so our system, Brian, you must talk about some of the things that you do too. Our system is not like talking therapy that goes on for years and years and years. Many of the discoveries we've made mean that you can change all of that energy literally in an instant. Yeah, well, because if as time doesn't exist, it, it will. <laughs> if you get it right, it will. Um, I just want to go back a step. Um, Timelight came to me after a series of revelations, after I suffered from chronic depression for something like 10 years. Eventually, it took a while to work through some of these revelations because they didn't make sense to me. And eventually, I wrote it all down in a book I called Time Light. Not very original, but there you are. And then um, Hay House got hold of this, and we changed the title to The Untrue Story of You, because Lynn pointed out I hadn't included myself in the story. So there you are. So that became The Untrue Story of You. And at the back of that book were, or are, 21 different lessons that accumulate uh, every day, and you do two on day two, three on day three, and so on, which I know has helped thousands and thousands of people. But I just wanted to um, try and simplify that or put it into a better context. And this is part of the new work that we mentioned at the beginning. And in a way, I said, well, the context has been created for us. It's about 2,000 years old. And it's called yoga. Now, when you're thinking about yoga, you'll probably be thinking about all sorts of interesting maneuvers and stances. But no, yoga is not that. It is there are four yogas which were developed 2,000 years ago by, by Vedic philosophers and so forth uh, to create unity, which is what yoga actually means, union. And so I then worked on that and created five yogas. And some of them blend with Lynn's separate work, and we work together on this to create a very, very powerful model, I mean, which can be used separately or used together in various ways, which, of course, we'll be going through in enormous depth uh, at the workshop in September. 
But there are five, there are five yogas, and maybe Linka talk of the first one for me, which is the way of body. Do you want to tell them a bit about the famous vagus nerve? Sure. One of the issues that we have when we have any kind of trauma is that it can dysregulate what is the nerve superhighway of the body. That's the vagus nerve. It starts at the neck. It winds its way through all of the major organs of the body. And it has essentially three functions. And by the way, when I say superhighway, it links the brain to the rest of the body, but it also links the body to the brain. And that communication system is 80% from the body to the brain. So that can give you some idea. If there's physical trauma occurring in the body, it will affect you mentally, of course. So the vagus nerve, as I say, has three functions. Number one, the dorsal vagus nerve is the really primitive one. That is, if you're frightened of something, you freeze, like an animal freezes when it sees a bigger animal. There is also the sympathetic nervous system as part of it, which is the fight or flight part of it. So that when you see a threat of any sort, you are compelled to action. You either fight it or you run. And finally, there is the ventral vagus nerve that is all about safety and connection. And what ends up happening when we've had some sort of issue, a trauma of some sort, even a teacher, as I say, who belittled you, parents who didn't love you enough, a parent who slapped you or worse, that can stay with you and mistreatment of any sort can stay with you and dysregulate that vagus nerve. But here's the great news. And if it does, by the way, it will keep you in a low level of anxiety all the time. So if any of you have experienced that or continue to experience that, you can essentially blame it on Vegas. <laughs> so the good news though is you can re-regulate this vagus nerve. And one of the things that we do is do it in groups because there is research from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill showing that even if you've had terrific trauma, um, if you've had difficulty with attachment as a baby, you can re-regulate that vagus nerve with the power and safety of a small group, a power of eight group. So one of the things that we do in our Broughton retreat is work with small groups to re-regulate that vagus nerve. There are also exercises that we can do, simple yogi positions you can do from a seat. <clears throat> you can sit and do these and they re-regulate your vagus nerve. Sounds, simple sounds we can teach you can re-regulate that vagus nerve. And that creates from a feeling of constant anxiety to a feeling of safety. I'll give you an example. There was a woman whose child was killed, and then her husband died two years later. So she was in a state of constant anxiety, went to all the doctors who tried to give her antidepressants, et cetera, and she said, I'm not depressed, I'm grieving. And 
Yet she was constantly in this state of anxiety. Her vagus nerve was completely out of whack. By doing some simple exercises, when she finally discovered someone who worked with her on that, she was able to completely re-regulate. So it doesn't take years of talking therapy. There are techniques with intention and group intention and techniques with physical exercises that can quickly re-regulate that and get rid of anxiety. Cool. The overarching spiritual truth, and I've not really spoken much about spirituality, but timelight is a spiritual therapy. But the overarching spiritual truth to all of this work is this, life is not personal. We think it is because we self-reference every experience and judge whether it's fair or unfair, right or wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But it actually is not personal. Or as Lynn says, get over yourself. But that's, she's from New York, so she would. So yeah, so these five ways each are trying to teach you uh, being, in, being in touch or being presenting your no time self, which is your true natural state of being, that thing which is outside of time. So we have five ways of helping you get there. And the way of the body is, Lynn's, as Lynn's mentioned, and there are other techniques we'll be we doing. The second way is the way of service. Now, again, this really does, I mean, there's all sorts of things here that we will be doing. But of course, one of them is Lynn's Power of Eight groups, because I think there are a few takeaways from the Power of Eight group, which were really interesting. And probably the single most interesting thing was the person who was actually intending for someone else actually benefited. And this was a bit of a surprise because we didn't think that would happen at all. But in fact, it was a quite a, quite a, a probably a, the, the single biggest effect of all the people who intended for us. So, Doing for others. I think I've heard that somewhere else before. Doing for others. May have heard from that. Anyway. Um, so the way of service is a very important way of getting over yourself. Number three is the way of spirit, and that is appeals to people who are more of a of a, of a spiritual uh, demeanor, and that includes meditation. I've got a really cool meditation that I teach and um, all sorts of things we do with that as well, with all sorts of exercises we do. The fourth way is the way of inquiry. And of course, the, the Hindus regard called this the golden way. This is the greatest way of all, the way of questioning, of observing, of inquiring, asking yourself. I mean, as I was a lad, um, I used to read a guy called Ramana Maharshi, who was a great Indian saint, died in 1953, and his, uh, approach was all about that. It was self-inquiry, who is asking the question and so forth. It's a, a thread that brings you all the way back to yourself, your true self. And the final way, uh, which I suppose you could argue is the best way of all, is the way of love. And again, we'll be teaching you all sorts of techniques in that as well. I mean, central and core to all this work is Lynn's work, uh, because it's such powerful source, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's something that has evolved over the years. And, you know, we've seen, truly have seen miracles happen uh, just with the intention work, but we're adding loads more to that as well with these other ways of, of being as well. So yeah, that was just some of the great news we wanted to impart, the things that we've been working on, which I think makes it a really 
powerful set of tools, a really exciting exploratory adventure, really. And to really see your life and everything about it in a completely different way. And I, I think it is transformative. I think it's revolutionary. I think so too. And I think one thing we haven't talked about is how we help you recognize patterns. Mm. Because one of the problems with trauma, with hurt, with pain, is that it creates our story. Now, you are exposed to something like um, 11 million uh, um, impulses and stimuli every second. What? You are, you are exploding with stimuli at every moment, but your, your eye can only take in tiny little bits of it all mm. the time. Mm. So we are filtering information all of the time. And one of the big problems is we filter it to fulfill our view of ourselves that we have created. And those uh, that story that we've created is based on our past. And we seek to recreate it again and again and again. Brian talks a lot about this with time light and these are all time heavy patterns. So what we do is start helping you recognize the patterns that you continue to create over and over and over again. You keep selecting the wrong person to be with. You keep um, running out of money. You just don't ever seem to have enough. And these patterns continue through your life. The other thing we work on too is I'm sure you've heard this many times about forgiveness. But what we have found is that forgiveness, healing and forgiving that transgressor is easier through the power of intention and the power of group intention. So as Brian says, a big piece of this is altruism. And we're not just talking about, hey, this is a nice thing to do. As Brian says, when people are stuck, invariably, I will say, get off of yourself. And the reason I do is very simply this. When people are stuck in that story all the time and they can't break free of it, one of the most important ways to do it and simplest ways is to intend for someone else. And repeatedly, we have seen that in this little crucible of a power of eight group, when you are intending for other people, seven-eighths of the time you are, it rebounds back to you. So many of my students who were stuck and started intending for someone else found that very quickly, whatever they needed and wanted came true, came back to them. The dream job suddenly appeared the writer's block disappeared and they were able to get on and write that book they'd always wanted to write. Their health improved, their relationships improved, that estranged child suddenly started knocking on their door again. All kinds of things like that happen when you start intending for other people. So this isn't just a nice thing to do, this is an essential thing to do. You will live a happier, longer, life if you incorporate altruism in your life and a fast track to that is a power of eight group mm. 
And just just speaking about patterns for a second, just want to go back to that because it is a very it's a fascinating area anyway, and you do you will see these patterns. It's bit, I call it like the red car syndrome. You're about to buy a red car and suddenly you see red cars everywhere. But that's fairly harmless. But actually, you're doing that in your life all the time in much more serious ways, which impact on your life, you know, negatively. But, you know, what's even more fascinating about the subject of patterns is it's not just your life. You know, a lot of people have gone back prior generations, grandparents, great-grandparents, and seen similar patterns. Patterns. It's almost as if you are the latest representative of the craziness. And, you know, at some point, someone has to stop it, right? And this is the, the call to arms to do that. But, it, you know, just leaving aside for a minute about how important it is to do it, it's just fascinating to look at your own history and see that this same issue repeats throughout the generations. Again, a lot of research into this, and there's a lot of evidence that supports this. And you think, well, how could that possibly be? Well, it's because time is energy. There you go. That's why it happens. Absolutely. And what we do in our workshop, in our work, is to show you not only how to overcome those patterns in your life, but the patterns in the past. How to heal not only your relationship with a parent who was suffering from the same things you may have suffered from, but how to use intention and other techniques to overcome and break that pattern forever. And it seems to work within the, you know, your, your wider circle. It's quite incredible, as Lynn was saying, you know, that change happens in you. It seems to ripple out and change everything around you and everyone around you. And Another great guy to, to read, watch, if you haven't, is a guy called Krishnamurti. And he said just that, you know, he said, you want to change the world, change yourself first, then see what happens. And I think that, you know, again, you start seeing these positive ripple effects through, don't you, Lynn? You do. And one of the other really interesting things that we've been working with is designing your future. There is work by a Japanese author who found that when people were trying to design a happier future for themselves, it worked better when they had somebody else do it for them. And so what I've done is <clears throat> looked at that idea and had a, a group, a power of eight group, design a future for a member of the group. And by doing it, they're much more optimistic. They're much more, they're much uh, bolder and that boldness, that optimism is infused in the person himself or herself. <laughs> and they end up absorbing it more, believing it more, and ultimately acting it out more and achieving it more. Yeah. So that's going to be part of it, too. We not only heal the back, we go forward, too. Cool. We have loved being part of be this. Fantastic and sharing some of what we've been learning and studying and working with uh, for a number of years, some of the amazing outcomes we've seen. And I have to say, I really encourage you to check out Brian's website. Tell them again what that is. So that's time light, time with a hyphen in the middle, time hyphen light.co.uk. 
and Lynn McTaggart's site, L-Y-N-N-E-M-C-T-A-G-G-A-R-T.com. You must visit that. You must join a Power of Eight group. You must join the Eight Revolution. And yes, and do consider coming on our retreat at Broughton Hall. You'll find all the information on our website. If you're part of our community and you get my weekly newsletter, you'll get more information about it. Um, we will be starting, it kicks off on September 4th, and it will be great fun because not only will you have a Power of Eight group you can work with intensely, but we're also going to have all kinds of things at this 3,000 acre estate. It has an extraordinary um, meeting room, a healing sanctuary it's called, and there is uh, fantastic food, a beautiful spa, um, a fire pit for a final ceremony that we do, labyrinths, wild swimming, swimming inside the spa, and we even have a banquet inside the um, 16th century uh, stately home. Uh, we One night we're going to have a banquet inside with a uh, string quartet. Another night we'll be eating in the cosmic garden. So check it out, find out all of the things that we're going to be doing. And if this sounds like something you'd like to come to, we'd love to have you. Great, take care. We hope to see you soon. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.